0: but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases.
1: I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help.
0: Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented by In We Go.
3: Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before.
2: You should have taken a charge on him. <laughs>
3: Friday edition of the program, Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. We are presented today, of course, by Total Beverage right now. They have an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on the Total Beverage website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So, again, visit the Total Beverage website, TotalBeverage.com, download the Total Beverage app, plug in the promo code BSN10. You guys can get all your favorite liquor, wine, beer, spirits. Uh, $10 off all that on a $50 order or more. And better yet, you can have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage now delivers to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So we've got a Nuggets win to talk about. Denver 100, Dallas 99 Thursday night at Pepsi Center. An ugly, ugly game, but then Denver prevails in the fourth quarter like they've done time and time again this year. Nicole Jokic hits the game winner. Denver's fourth quarter D holds Dallas to only 10 points. We'll talk about that as well. But overall, feeling after this one, I mean, it was an ugly one, but Denver avoided what seemed like it was going to be a catastrophic loss if they had fallen uh, last night. Well,
4: thank God that that awkward Hook shot from ten foot out went down because the Nuggets would have been feeling pretty bad about themselves. This game didn't even start till eight thirty. They looked so sluggish in this one. I mean, I just didn't think they brought the effort for three quarters. Really, they they flipped the switch in the fourth quarter, as many of them said. But yeah, this was this wasn't Denver's best effort, but they still found a way to pull it out. Dallas didn't get into town
3: until 10 a.m. Thursday morning, courtesy of the bomb cyclone, (laughs) grounded 700 flights coming in and out of DIA on uh, Wednesday when Dallas was supposed to fly in. So they had to change their plans. Rick Carlisle was not a happy camper pregame when when he was talking with the media. He said he had never seen anything like it over his NBA career in the days of charters and private planes that we're in. Well, quick aside, Rick Connell's
4: never happy, to be fair.
3: <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, he's never happy, and I mean, he's definitely not happy this year when he's clearly getting uh, orders to tank, yet, you know, it's he, he wants to win games. Can't be happy about that.
4: Rick, play Salah Mejri 25 minutes tonight. Right. Well, we were joking uh, on, on Media Row
3: when the Mavs were trying to hang on the fourth quarter, and Luka Doncic wasn't in the game with like six minutes to go It's like why isn't Luka Doncic in oh maybe they don't really want to win this one but uh but anyways yeah Dallas didn't get in till Thursday morning they canceled shoot around they you know were pretty much sleepwalking to the arena that afternoon and yeah I mean we've seen the Nuggets let inferior teams hang around before it's been a problem of this about this team for the last couple of years They've taken a lot of strides in that department, but I don't think they're fully over, you know, just putting the teams away that they should, even at home sometimes. So they still got a lot of work to do in that area. But the game winner, like you said, let's just flash forward to the game winner. Um, I think it's maybe the most boring signature shot in the game, the Nicole Jokic floater. How dare you? Like James Harden, he's got the step back that, you know, freezes defenders and freezes referees from time to time. Uh, (laughs) Steph Curry's. 35-foot threes, you know, draw the oohs and ahs. but, you know, Nikola Jokic, he's got the floater uh, as his signature shot.
4: Yeah, I mean, that was just a hilarious game winner. Um, if it was anybody else releasing that shot, like a this this fading, floating shot from 10 feet away with a defender right up in his grill, I wouldn't have thought it was had a chance to go in, but because it was Nicole Jokic, I was kind of holding my breath. Those are the types of shots he makes, you know, all game, really. He's the master of those shots from... You know, hook shots from a little further out than, than anybody should be able to convert them at a consistent rate. So I, I thought it had a pretty good chance when it left his hand, even though it looked so weird. And sure enough, bottoms. It didn't even touch the rim. It was just a swish, which is just a testament to Nicole Jokic's touch. Might have the best touch from, you know, the, the short mid range and around the hoop in the entire NBA. I, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree. Is there any
3: doubt that? The Nuggets should be going to Nikola Jokic for any potential game winner? No. I mean, just look at the clutch numbers. Yeah. That's all you need to look at, and we'll get into that in a second. I I mean, the Nuggets are needing a two. I I can see an argument if you need a three. Yeah, maybe you want Gary Harris coming off a a stagger or something. Maybe you want to give Jamal Murray a shot to win it. But if you need a two, if you're trailing by one uh, or or two or you're tied— that ball better be going to Nicole Jokic. Well, were you surprised it went to him last night with, with the way everything went before? No, I wasn't. I would have gone to him. And it's funny, you know, remember that Memphis game where he didn't take a shot for the entire game. And then the nuggets went to him for a potential game winner. That one I thought was a little questionable. I mean, this guy hasn't shot the ball the entire game. You want him to hit a three with the game on the line in the final moments, but you know, he had at least shot the ball, uh, Last night, you know, he was three of eight coming into that one, so it's not like he had gone forty-seven minutes without shooting the ball towards the rim.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I I thought they might go to Paul Millsap just because he was having a fantastic game. You know, arguably the best game he's played in Nuggets uniform last night. But you know, it wasn't completely shocking that they went to Jokic. And I'll say this for Michael Malone. He is going to ride or die with Nikola Jokic. That's that's one thing that I, I think has kind of developed throughout this year. I mean, I obviously, he's empowered him. Like, Malone deserves a ton of credit for doing that. But even after Jokic has some some so-so games, which are really few and far between, like, Michael Malone is going out there and going to bat for him after games. I mean, Michael Malone and, and him are one. Like, And I love it, too. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they've got a great connection. And you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um yeah, they've got a great player coach relationship. I feel like more and more, as games and games go by, and months and months and years and years go by, Michael Malone understands Nicole Jokic more and more. He's a tough guy to understand. He's exactly. not a classic NBA All Star. He's not your classic superstar. He's going to have nights like this. Uh, and, you know, maybe the fatigue is factoring in, and we'll get into that later. But he's a tough guy to understand. And it's been a
4: long process for, you know, those two to get to where they are right now. Yeah. A couple of people in the Nuggets organization often describe Jokic as an artist. Mm -hmm. Michael Mullen is not an artist. And (laughs) I don't know if you get like, it would work to have an artist as a head coach in the NBA. But, you know, I think at first it was was strange for him to be coaching this player who has like these artistic tendencies and he's come so far in figuring out how to, the best way to manage Jokic. Mm -hmm, No doubt. I think it's impressive. And
3: yeah, like I said, it it wasn't a pretty win uh, by any means, but this was an important one for the Nuggets to get. Final thoughts on his game winner, though. Not much of a uh, reaction from Jokic after he hit that
4: one, right? Yeah, I described it in my post-game story. You know, his teammates were mobbing him, and Jokic just looked like a guy staring at his closet deciding what pair of pants he was going to wear for that day. Should I wear the tan slacks or the black ones? Yeah, it's like he
3: hits the game winner, and he's like, oh,
4: don't come hug me. Don't mob <laughs> me.
3: Let's just get out of here, and you know, I want to go home.
4: It's after midnight. These 830 starts are ridiculous.
3: <laughs> right. It, it seemed like he hit the shot, and of course, he was happy, but he, of course, didn't want the the pomp and circumstances that came with
4: it. He just looked like he wanted to get out of there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't look the least bit impressed.
3: All right. We got a lot more to get to on this game. Some fourth quarter numbers on how clutch the Nuggets have been, how good they are late in games, how good that late game defense is. Also, is Nicole Jokic and some of the Nuggets fatigued right now? We'll get into that. First, though, a quick word from Get Around: If you guys are ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle, for a few hours or a few days, GetAround is at your service. If you're not familiar with GetAround, it's a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you through their app. And better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. GetAround's insurance policy and 24 7 customer service has you covered. So go to get.co backslash nuggets and you can save $15 off your first rental. Or you can visit get.co backslash bsn to sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Friday edition of the show, Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. Fourth quarter, winning time. Uh, Denver's been a really good fourth quarter team all year. Uh, this is where they won the game again. They outscored the Mavericks 21-10 to 10 in that fourth quarter for this come-from-behind victory. What stands out to you? I mean, other than the game winner at the end, which we just touched on, what stands out to you when, when thinking back about this
4: fourth quarter last night? Well, the way Denver locked down a defensive end, they, mm-hmm. they limited the Mavericks to just 10 points in the fourth quarter. This season, they're they're by far the best fourth quarter defensive team in, in all of basketball. They're allowing 100.9 points per 100 possessions. It's pretty remarkable. If you just look at their splits quarter by quarter, Denver becomes a much better defensive team as the game goes on. They're averaging close to 114 points per 100 in the first drops down to 110 in the second, 107 and a half in the third, and then 101 essentially in the fourth. There's this trend, and when you ask players, uh, you know, Will Barton was one. He just said, we know it's winning time. Do do you think there's something to that that just they have a sense for the moment when they really have to tighten up? I think there's something to that, but I also think it's a lot
3: more simpler than that. I think it's just all right, we just need a couple quarters to really get into the game. You know, we might come out just a little relaxed. And as the game goes on, you know, maybe our effort level moves up a level or whatnot. And, you know, obviously in the fourth quarter, that's when your effort level is going to be at the highest usually. I think it could just be as simple as that. You know, we come out in the first quarter, and it just takes us a little bit to get into the game. You know, we're feeling each other out, feeling out the opponent. And then, you know, as the game progresses, our, our effort level goes up a few notches.
4: Yeah, when I was going back and watching that fourth quarter today, there are two defensive plays that just really stuck out to me. One was where Doncic uh, had the ball against Monty Morris. He's about to back him down one-on-one, and then Gary Harris comes out of nowhere to double and just steals the ball from Doncic. That was just a complete cookies play. Like, mm-hmm. Doncic didn't know what hit him. That was a great defensive play by Gary. And the other one was um, with less than a minute to go, Monte Morris on the pick and roll rotated down to to tag the roll man. And then he got out to Jalen Brunson on a fantastic closeout um, and forced him into an air ball on this mid-range shot. You know, Morris and Gary, we talk all the time about Denver struggling to contain dribble penetration. I think both those guys do a, a pretty good job in the defensive end.
3: Well, Gary is he's a steals guy. You know, Gary's always one of the, the highest steals guys on the team, obviously. And, you know, one of the better steals guys in the league just – great at anticipating stuff. Um he he had a pretty bad gaffe last night. That big miscommunication yeah. at the end of the game with Plumlee which also which almost lost the Nuggets that uh that game last night when those guys just left Luka Doncic alone for a second and he put that poster on uh Paul Millsap's head. Gary's a really solid defender. He's a really smart defender. But Monte Morris, man, that guy is an incredibly underrated defender and the reason why he's, can, he can hold his own on that end of the floor, even though he's six foot two, 170 pounds, the guy has an incredibly high basketball IQ. I, I mean, he just knows where to be on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, we, we don't even have to, have to speak about his offensive IQ, just his defensive IQ. He, he knows matchups. He knows guys' tendencies. I don't know if that's because he knows everybody in the league, like he's their best friend or he just reads a scouting <laughs> report. Uh, But I mean, he he just knows where to be. He anticipates plays before they happen. He's willing to put his body on the line. I mean, he's taken a couple really tough charges this year. That guy continues to impress on the offensive end of the floor. But his defense has has seemed to really come on here as of late.
4: Yeah, I think you made some really good points there. Monte is just going to make guys take tough shots. Like if they hit the contested mid-range shot, so be it. Monte is going to live with it. He's not going to bail guys out with fouls and. Really everyone on this Nuggets roster should be looking to Monte to you know improve on the defensive end because he's not this physical beast he he really just does it with his mind. I mean, he's got to be what 170 maybe on on a good day? Yeah, me and you probably
3: both weigh more than him. He's skinny, <laughs> <Definitely>. man. <laughs> I mean, 160, 165 maybe, but he'll just put his body on the line and it's nice that he's getting his minutes back up to, uh, where they should be. I mean, he played 31 minutes in this one. I felt like when Isaiah Thomas came back, there was no way he should have been playing less than 20 His minutes dropped down below 20 on a few occasions. But I think it's been no surprise that this bench unit has been playing really well as Monte's minutes have climbed.
4: Yeah, and, and Monte didn't have just a fantastic night scoring the ball. He had seven, three of seven from the field. He made one three, but he's still a plus 16. I mean, that's that's just what Monte's is going to do. Even if he's not, you know, even if he's having a so-so scoring night, you know, because of the way he distributes the basketball and because of how solid he is in the defensive end, he's still going to have a positive impact. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm not being a homer when I say this, I promise, but I feel like there could be a Denver Nugget in the conversation for every end of season. Award, probably except for Defensive Player of the Year.
4: Okay. I was, yeah, in my brain, I was like, who is he going to say? Yeah. Defensive yeah player of the year? I
3: can't make the argument for Paul Millsup. I just can't. Maybe if we were back in December. <laughs> uh, but Michael Malone, Coach of the Year. I think he should be the front runner, although I don't think he's going to win. Tim Connolly, Executive of the Year. Sometimes the best move is just to run it back and not make a big move at all. I think that's his, you know, the biggest thing on his resume over based on what he did this summer. Monte Morris has the sixth man of the year. You know, he's got no chance to win it because his, he's not scoring above, you know, 15, 16, 17 points a game. And for some reason, that's really the only criteria it seems that we use to judge. Sixth man of the year is just whoever's scoring the most off the bench. Most improved player, Malik Beasley. Uh, I don't think he'll win it, but I think he should garner a lot of consideration. You know, how big of a role he's playing this year and just how he's grown in every facet of his game. Uh, any awards I'm missing there? Comeback Player of the Year, and it's kind of a fake award.
4: Yeah, I I agree with you on all points there. And you know, one of the best things that ever happened to this Nuggets team is Michael Malone tells a story all the time. After the loss to Minnesota last year in Game 82, Josh Kroenke huddled up with with Michael Malone and and Tim Connolly, and the message basically was, "We've got something here. Like I know this was disappointing, but this is something we can build on. We've laid a nice foundation, and really patience was." the best thing that could have ever happened to this Nuggets team. I mean, you, we remember the, the chatter. You know, I don't think there was any real question within Nuggets whether Michael Bowen was going to come back, but, mm-hmm. you know, some outside media was asking them the question, and I, I guess I get it, but the best thing they did was just running this thing back.
3: And I think that's probably what they'll do next year, too, unless well, something, something happens in the playoffs. They don't even know that, what that something would be, but I have a feeling they'll mostly run it
4: back next year. Getting blasted in the first round,
3: yeah. But even then, even no, I then. agree with
4: you. Yeah, I'm just saying that you know if that happened, I I still think they might run it back. Yeah, but there could be
3: some you know sense of maybe we need to make a move. But then again, these guys have never been in the playoffs before. Not sure really how high expectations could be. Let's talk about how good this team has been in the clutch, really over the entire season. And you know something, the Nuggets definitely have. Uh, like you just said. Josh Kroenke said, we have something special here. The Nuggets have one of the league's best closers in Nikola Jokic. He scored the 10th most baskets in the league this year in the clutch when the score is within five points with five minutes or less remaining. Here are the names ahead of him. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Zach Levine, Mike Conley, Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Luka Doncic, who got a couple last night, and then Nikola Jokic. He's shooting 34 of 68 from the field in the clutch, 50%. 50%. Uh, that's third out of those top 10 guys behind just Kyrie and Kawhi. I mean, he's just automatic late in games. He's 6 of 14 from three. He's a plus 70 uh, in the clutch this year, which is third in
4: the league behind Lou Williams and Kyrie Irving. Jokic is really good, you know, when, when the game's close, late in games, at, at just getting down low, using his big ass frame, getting a shoulder into you and, and getting to that hook shot turns out that's a really effective strategy uh, late in close games. It's been a a money shot for Jokic this year. Yeah, the awkward floater. Who would have thought?
3: Yeah, it's the most boring signature shot in the game, but it's beautiful at the same time. It's great. It's artistry.
4: You can go to that well for a decade.
3: Yeah. So it's funny because there's just been a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about who is the closer on this team. It's been an easy storyline to talk about for the last couple of years. There's been no doubt in my mind for really this entire season and going back to parts of last season that that guy is Nikola Jokic but I think that's just really been cemented. I mean this is his second game winner although he said in the locker room last night he's only counting this as his first because he doesn't think the Miami one should count because they were tied in that game. (laughs) What Uh, about the Kings one? Yeah, I mean, this is his second or or maybe third game winner, depending on how you slice
4: it. I think Jokic just wanted to go home and get in bed. (laughs) Definitely. He's got
3: to get on the uh, uh, League of Legends uh, server. (laughs) It was getting late in the States. Uh, But, I mean, he's just really a a consistent guy uh, late in games. He doesn't get rattled. Uh, He's just going to give you a high-quality look. Like, last night's look... It was a high-quality look for him. I mean, that's something that you take for a potential game winner.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy how much a, a defined pecking order has, has kind of, I guess, presented itself this year. I mean, you're just asking different guys about the last play of the game, Paul Millsap, Monte Morris. Both those guys are like, yeah, there's no question who we're we going to. Nicole, Nicole Jokic is our franchise player. He's the guy for this team. There's, there's never really any doubt in that locker room.
3: You mentioned Paul Millsap's night a couple minutes ago, but two big scoring games back-to-back for Millsap here. He goes for 23 on 8 of 12 shooting against the Timberwolves. Comes back 48 hours later, 33 points, 8 rebounds on 14 of 19 shooting. Just three points shy, I believe, of his high in a Nuggets uniform, which was 36, I believe, last season versus OKC. But what a game from him. And I think a theme that's developing here late in the season as the games ramp up in intensity, fatigue starts to set in, I have a feeling the Nuggets are going to be relying on Paul Millsap on the offensive end a lot more over this final month than they have you know, just over the course of uh, the standard regular season. They're looking for him more on the offensive end. Anytime he's got a mish- mismatch, Denver's trying to find him. I mean, do you think he's a guy who's going to see his usage maybe not continue to climb, but it could be at a similar similar level to what it's been over these last couple of games here moving forward?
4: Yeah, yeah. I think he can maintain this. I mean, these, these last 10 games, really since the All-Star break, Millsap is playing some of his best basketball in, in a Nuggets uniform. Um, here are his numbers in the last 10 16.7 points per game on on 53% shooting, 40% from three, nearly nine rebounds, nearly two steals, nearly a block a game. He's also averaging 31.2 minutes, which weirdly is the highest mark on the team in that time. I don't know what Paul Millsap did during the All Star break. I think he went to Miami with his family and then hung out at Core Four's training facility at Atlanta. But wow, did, it paid you get, off. did
3: you get a peek at his itinerary or
4: something? Wow. Oh, yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> asked him, but I don't know. He might have the hyperbaric chamber or something in core yeah. four, but whatever he did is paying off.
3: Yeah, he looks refreshed. He looks re-energized. And he's going to be huge for this team down the stretch. I mean, in my opinion, he's probably the unsung hero this season. There's not going to be really a way to quantify what he's meant to this team. In the locker room, on the defensive end of the floor, I mean, Denver, it looks like they're going to finish the year here as a top 10 defense, you know? Which is crazy. Uh, That's an incredibly successful season uh, for Denver's defense. And I think you got to look at Paul Millsap as the biggest reason for the defensive improvement. Just the fact that, you know, he's been able to give Denver the minutes he has this year. He's much healthier than he was last year, even when he came back from that wrist injury. That thing was never 100% or close to it. Uh, So he's healthier this year. And, you know, just what he's doing on both ends of the floor can't be overlooked. I mean, it's stupid to rank these guys in terms of importance, but is he number two for you? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, one Gary, healthy probably. Gary hasn't been healthy enough. Jamal's been up and down.
4: I'd probably go with Millsap. Yeah, right now. I mean, I would say when everybody's healthy, it's it's like a coin flip between him and Gary. But, I mean, the defense, how much they've improved it is pretty crazy. And it's, I think Millsap is definitely the the number one reason because of that not only what he does on the floor but just the mentality he brings that and you know encouraging Denver's younger guys that they need to bring it on that end to be successful
3: and he said something really telling last night in the locker room too he said young guys late in the season late in games they can get rattled they can try to do too much and I know talking to Paul he's said this before but you know young guys can freeze up in high intensity moments that can happen and that could happen in the playoffs late in games to this team. And part of Paul Millsap's job, part of his job description is to be a calming presence, to calm those young guys down. I mean, just look at the guys he's playing with You know, in the starting lineup. Jamal Murray, 22 years old. Gary Harris, 24 years old. Nicole Jokic, 23 years old. Will Barton, 28. And I mean, Millsap is the elder statesman of that group. He's really the only guy there. He is the only guy who's played significant minutes in the playoffs. He's the only guy who's had that experience. So I think he's going to be really crucial down the stretch. And I think you could see more big games like this from him over the next month and into the playoffs. Let's hit another break real quick. We'll come back with some final thoughts on this game and also a couple questions from the total beverage fan hotline. We'll be right back.
0: Hyper electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years
3: Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. The fatigue factor, a big talking point after this win, when it comes to Nicole Jokic, when it comes to this entire team. We've got a question about fatigue on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Let's go there right now. And I think that will set us up for a bit of a discussion on that topic. If you guys do have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. That's the number for the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. one 800 bsn 8394, if you've never called them before, it's just an answering machine. Leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and leave a message or a question for the show. Let's go there right now.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Um, Happy about the Nuggets win last night against the Mavericks, but very disappointed that it came how it did. I don't think that uh, that was the best brand of basketball, and everybody knows that we're capable of playing better. But um, my question uh, surrounds uh, Jokic, He's become one of my favorite players to watch, and I've watched a lot of basketball over many years—thirty plus years—and um, he's just a joy to watch. But these last couple, couple games, he's just not looked like himself. He does look tired. He looks um, disinterested in certain aspects of the game. Um, you know, you he, he could tell if something's going on. He almost looked like maybe he was under the weather last night, um, and I'm, I'm not. Trying to be too hard on him, but, um, I know there's been a lot of talk of fatigue and, uh, I guess he's got to is he, does he got to get in better shape? Because if he can't play an 82 game season and he gets fatigued, uh, what's the solution? Um, Jordan didn't get as tired or let on that he did maybe. Scotty, uh, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, I mean, they play very, longer and yoke this is only his fourth year and if he's already tired or tired of basketball he's basketballed out adam mares from uh um denver stiffs mentioned that same thing and um I, I wonder is that the solution i'm just curious if he's getting basketballed out and he's tired of basketball right now that concerns me that our franchise players is maybe fatigued physically and mentally basketball and i'm again i'm not trying to be too hard on him but uh we can't we can't have him be subpar. Um, otherwise, that's what's going to happen against the lowly however maybe improved and underrated players maybe like Brunson. Uh, but he's got to do better and he's got to be able to play 82 games and, and more now when we're going to make the playoffs. We need him for hopefully 82 plus 16 and the championship is what I want. So I'm just curious your thoughts. What, what has he got to do and what are the Nuggets going to do if he continues to have the slump? Um, we're going to be in trouble if uh, we don't have Jokic at his absolute best. Thanks, guys. Keep up the work.
4: Well, Michael Jordan may have never got tired, but Nikola Jokic never got suspended for an entire year for gambling, so he won some, he loses some. I'm a fan of
3: any question that puts Nikola Jokic and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. If you have a question about the Nuggets and you put those two in the same sentence, that call is definitely getting on the show.
4: I can guarantee you that. Did you see the, the Photoshop that out? Gwyn threw out of uh, his groundness? No. It was like, you know, one of those Oh, I
3: get it. I get it. It took me a second. Okay.
4: Yeah. It was a picture of the, hook, the game-winning hook shot. It just said his groundness. It's great.
3: Yeah. I don't think Nicole Jokic is the same type of athlete as Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan could go to Atlantic City the night before a playoff game stay up until 6 or 7 a.m. and drop 45 on you seven hours late. I don't think Nicole Jokic can do that. When you're talking about guys who played in the 90s and even the early 2000s and their level of fitness and how they didn't seem to get fatigued, the game now is so much different than it was back then. The level of physicality, the toll it takes on Nikola Jokic, I mean, I don't even know if it's comparable to just the physicality and the athleticism of you know the 90s and whatnot. Just go back and watch some of the film of the guys Michael Jordan was playing against. He wasn't playing against the most... A lead of athletes, I would say. And Nicole Jokic is going up against those type of guys every night, though. He's going up against the most athletic players this league and the most physical players this
4: league has ever seen.
3: I mean, fatigued, do you think he, he looks fatigued right now?
4: Yeah, I, I do think he looks fatigued. I mean, Michael Malone admitted as much after the game. And, you know, I think conditioning is a real concern with Jokic, but. Look at what he's been able to do this season. I mean, he's played in, in every single game but one, and that one was because of a, a fluky suspension, a bad decision by the league. I mean, he's put the team on his back really all this way. So it's honestly understandable that he's, he's kind of wearing down here a little bit, and these are the dog days too.
3: I think I said this to you last night. Like, who isn't tired right now? Everybody in the league is tired. Maybe Jokic shows it a little more than some other guys, but we're in the middle of March. This is the time of year when we turn to each other and say, Why the heck is this an 82 game season? (laughs) There's just no need to play 82 regular season games. Like, why can't the playoffs need to start right now? I do think he's a little fatigued as well. He's been the number one option for the Nuggets all season long on the offensive end from game one through now. I don't think that was the case last year. And also defensively, he's putting out more effort on the defensive end of the floor this year than he did last year. It's the main reason why his defense has been better. He's been trying harder on that, and as have a lot of guys on the Nuggets roster. His minutes are actually down a bit from where they were last year. He averaged 32.5 30, minutes last year, 31.5 minutes this year. I think the question was, can he make it through an 82-game season like this? Yes, I think he can. And I don't think he had this responsibility last year, but he had a similar level of responsibility on his shoulders uh, a year ago. And you know he was great in Game 82 in Minnesota when everything was on the line. I think he can put the fatigue factor in the back of his mind and just forget about it when he needs to, if it comes down to that.
4: Yeah, and, and hopefully if Denver can maintain this cushion on the number two seed, then maybe Michael Malone can can find a game here or there down the stretch to rest Jokic too
3: hmm He said last night that he'll look to do that, and that'd be much needed. I definitely will think when the Nuggets lock in their seed, they'll for sure rest
4: him, probably give him the night off completely, you know? Yeah, it probably wouldn't be the, the worst idea in the world. Um, you know, I, I think Michael Malone is pretty sympathetic to the, to the fact that Jokic might be wearing down here a, a little bit. Um, he he seems to be, you know, have have a good understanding of of that. So I think that's good to see. They're they're kind of on the same page.
3: All right, we got one more question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Let's go there right now.
5: Hey, hey it's Chris in Denver. It's been a while. Uh, sorry, I haven't called in as often. Had uh, had a few things come up, mostly good things, but things come up that uh, change the circumstances for me. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, th- I think we got to talk about last night's game against Dallas, probably the game of the year, but not uh, not necessarily in ways that most uh, most fans in the Nuggets organization wanted it. I want your thoughts on games like this. Now, this is a game that they should have beaten the Mavericks, pillar to post. I don't think they got killed in the spread pick and roll that badly, but uh, the offense just wasn't there. <laughs> They lost some guys on defense. I think when they got beat, it was mostly they, – mo, they were mostly getting beaten on bad defense despite uh, despite holding the team – despite holding the Mavericks to under 100. Um, what does it say going forward? Is it a bad thing that they struggled, or is it a good thing that they were finally able to uh, get their stuff together and put together uh, – what, a plus 11 run in the fourth quarter against uh, against a pretty good team. Uh, curious your thoughts on that. And um, one more granular point. Something I've noticed in this game and other games is that, uh, is that the, uh, the Nuggets aren't really spacing the floor on the rough. It seems like they're going more for pay points and they're shooting fewer threes. And I don't think that really works for the game that they play. For guys like Millsap, Jokic, and Plumlee to get going offensively, they need space in the paint and space in the mid-range. That doesn't work if Murray, Barton, and Harris aren't getting, uh, aren't getting going from three and if Jokic isn't getting going from three. But uh, that's, all for it. That's, uh, that's it for me right now. Um, as always, keep the great work. Still listen. Love the show. You guys are killing it. And go Nuggets.
3: All right, thanks for the question, Chris. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, the the fourth quarter run was definitely impressive, and I think that goes back to what we said earlier in the show. Like When this team really wants it and when they turn up the heat, they're one of the best teams in the league. They showed that in the fourth quarter. They can do that almost against anybody. What allowed that fourth quarter run to happen, though, was the bench unit, obviously, started things off, and the bench unit playing well has been a... Nice product and something we thought would happen with the slim down rotation that Michael Malone has gone to here. He's pretty much running an eight-man rotation. Uh, the ninth guy could change from night to night. Sometimes it seems like it's going to be Tory Craig to play those maybe seven to 12 minutes. Sometimes it might be a Wancho. Maybe it's a Trey Lyles before the end of the season. He went with eight guys, though, last night with Tory Craig out. Let's just talk about the slim down rotation here. Um I spoke about it on Wednesday show. Curious to get your thoughts on it. What do you think of the eight-man look? Are you a fan? Do you think it will lead to more wins down the stretch? Where are you at on it?
4: Well, I mean it's a great strategy if you're just trying to win one game. Um but with fifteen games to go, you know, I, I don't think Denver will be able to continue to only play eight guys and and have that ninth guy as kind of the swing guy who's in there for seven or eight minutes or whatever. I just really worry about them kind of wearing down and getting fatigued. I think back to that stretch in December last year where Michael Ballone went to the eight, eight eight-and-a-half-man rotation, and after a couple games – well, Barton and Gary Harris were basically like, come on, man, Like, give us some rest. We're dying out here. I've talked about that on Wednesday's show.
3: They went to a, a seven or, or sometimes eight-man rotation in December last year. It was early in the season. They were like 15 and 13 at the time, but they couldn't shoot after about six games were up. Everybody had dead legs, and you know, Michael Malone needs to open things back up. Back then, he reinserted a Emmanuel Moody, reinserted a Kenneth Freed into the rotation then. I agree with you. I think it's going to be tough for them to do this over 17 games. I think it still could lead to more wins just than it would if you were still playing nine, 10 guys. But yeah, these guys are going to get tired if you're only playing eight of them. I mean, those are just the facts. So I wouldn't be surprised if things open up, just get Trey Lyles in there for that 10 to 12 minute stretch kind of like what your eighth guy or it might be playing or your ninth guy might be playing maybe open this up to nine or 10 guys over you know the this final stretch here i think that would be okay maybe this was a good strategy for this little three game homestand to just get a nice little three game winning streak
4: yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see um you know hopefully the injury tory craig is dealing with is just a temporary thing i mean i think he's going to be in there on most nights as well and i think you know, Torrey Craig is, is great as, like, your ninth or tenth guy, too. No, no
3: doubt. Um, I think he's the clear choice out of those guys to play 7 to 12 minutes.
2: Yeah,
4: I mean, we got some okay Wancho minutes last night, you know, compared to, to what Wancho's given this team, you know, over the last month. He was serviceable, at least.
3: There's going to be a stretch in the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to be for three minutes or seven minutes where – Juancho is going to hit a big shot for this team. Oh. Juancho Aaron Gomez will hit a big three for this team in the playoffs. My number one hope for the
4: playoffs is that we just get a Wanchplosion. explosion. That's just what like. I'm saying. It's going to happen. I'm speaking it
3: into existence. You guys know I don't tell any lies on this podcast. <laughs> it's going to happen.
4: There's nothing more fun in a Nuggets game than when Juancho just gets hot. Nothing. It hasn't also happened. Hasn't happened in like a year. But
3: uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you could feel this. I could feel the the crowd growing in anticipation as he bounced to the scores table last night in the uh, third quarter. Was
4: that? Is, is Wancho <laughs> the happiest person on the earth? He's the happiest person on the team. I'll tell you that. Wancho, like you know, just personality wise, he, he like kind of has some Clay Thompson to him. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, it's impossible to dislike him. It
3: was a fun one for sure. Denver kind of avoided disaster. If they had lost this one, it probably would have been a candidate for worst loss of the season against the Mavericks team, who you know didn't get into town Thursday until Thursday morning. I don't know how badly they want to win this game either. Anyways, that's all the time we've got for today. The Nuggets host the Pacers on Saturday. We'll be back with an episode uh, recapping that one. We'll talk to you guys then.
0: Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to. And I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303 233 1236